Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Wikishuffle. This is our first ever episode live. It's not live, is it? I mean, we're no. live. We are alive, but it's not a live. Should we have a third go at this? Should we have a third <laughs> <laughs> Hi, welcome to Wicked Shuffle. My name's Jack, here's Chris and Phil. Um, I didn't get to say my bit. Just say it, go on. Hello. Okay, oh, that's a bit noisy, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit noisy, listeners, because we are recording from our new Wiki Shuffle headquarters, which Phil has built with his own hands. He's done a very good job. It's, it's insane. There's a structure. Me and Chris weren't aware that Phil was such a man, but no. he's. You've, you've converted a breadboard into a microphone stand, you've... Mm. I don't, I mean, he's put curtains up to insulate the room, so hopefully the sound is okay. Yeah, you put curtains up, and then I Chris was in for five minutes, and I tore them down. <laughs> it's that all was, okay now, though. Yeah, it's, we fixed it. Um, so if the sound is a little bit different, um, you know, you'll you'll get used to it. Hopefully it's okay. If not, we will look into it. But Hopefully um, it's better. Hopefully, it should be better, our, yeah. Our dedicated um, studio mm-hmm. should be. Yeah, so we'll get some pictures up on the Twitters this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, of us um, looking like professionals. It's, it it does. I it, do feel, I feel a lot of pressure. I feel professional now, though. But there's pressure with it. That's what. Because anyone who has a, anyone it. who has a studio that looks like this needs to know their onions. And we know our onions. Do we? I know all the onions. How many onions can you name? Quick, go. Red. <laughs> <laughs> the brown one. Brown onions. The brown one. Yeah. Little onions. <laughs> that's that's it. That's all. They're shallots. Shallots. That's what the word was. There'll be a, um, I'm sure there'll be a list on Wikipedia, so we might come across it one day. Mm. The list of things we wanted to cover in this introduction didn't (laughs) include onions. Cats. So the other thing is cats. Yeah. Last week, I mentioned about a cancer cat, and you ridiculed me and made me feel stupid. After further investigation, I was was right. Well... I was right. Just just say it. Just say I was right. What we're going to do is we're going to read that Wikipedia article um, Mm. article first. About the cancer cat. Straight after the... Our opening titles and opening titles straight yeah. after our opening music that bit and um, yeah we'll we'll see whether Chris was right I was right and he probably wasn't so we're going to get into Oscar the therapy cat as he's known on Wikipedia <laughs> and then we'll get into our regular bout of wiki, uh, wiki shuffling and is that it? yeah welcome to wiki shuffle HQ yeah the most important thing about the fact that we have um, a new studio Mm -hmm. is the fact that we have a postal address and more than anything in the world the thing that excites me the most about having a postal address is that we might persuade you the listener to send us some shit i don't really care what they will they will no there's no they're not going to send us literal shit oh the internet though i have i have more faith in our listeners to think that they're going to send us a bag of literal shit i don't i don't i know some of them (laughs) <laughs> I would like to receive some post and so we have a postal address and that postal address is Wikishuffle HQ <laughs> I'm calling it that I'm, I'm calling it it's staying Wikishuffle HQ number 1B the Headlands Kettering NN157ER send us a letter wow that's mad this is exciting 
And yeah, no bodily fluids no or bodily functions. Fluids. No pictures of your bits. Uh, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> pictures of bits. Send them fine. Yeah. They're not discouraged, but they're not encouraged. Mm. Uh, it depends. Yeah, it depends what the bits look like. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> we'll be the judge. Send us pictures of your bits. We'll judge them on our podcast. Um, well, so I mean, what I would like to get in touch with some companies and get them to send us some free, uh, some free. Oh, stuff. you want free stuff? You want sponsorship? I didn't. Even, I wasn't even going at it from that angle. But oh, now no, you say it. Yeah. Now you say it. Any anyone in particular that you want free stuff from? Um, uh, no. Just anyone. <laughs> Just anyone. Just anyone. Um, so if you do work for a, a large company and you want to give us some free stuff, Sainsbury's. There's our address. What was uh, it? Number one. Number 1B, the Headlands, Kettering, NN157ER. There you go. And if you want to fire bombers while we record, you're welcome to do that as well. (laughs) Now you know where we are. Hooray. Okay. So let's get on with this cat business, get out of the way, and then we will get into our regular bout of witty shuffling. Oscar the therapy cat. Sorry, Oscar, open bracket, therapy cat, close bracket. Not the therapy. That implies that there's more. (laughs) This is just the one called Oscar. Oscar, born 2005, is a therapy cat living in the Steer House Nursing and Rehabilitation Centre in Providence, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if I told you about this. That doesn't give it any more... It's got a title. Virtue. It's got a title. The shit that comes out of your mouth, though. Like, just because you say something doesn't mean that it's true. Or well, that Wikipedia we should believe says it. it's true. Right, Wikipedia is not the most reliable source, for one. <laughs> Secondly, we haven't actually got into this article That's, yet. This is our whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> I, yeah, I don't want to shit on the format too much, but also I don't want to admit that you're right, which you're not. I so trust... let's, 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 read, let's read the article and see what happens. <laughs> I trust Wikipedia to be suitably disparaging about this therapy cat. Mm. He came to public attention in July 2007 when he was featured in an article by David Doser, a geriatrician and assistant professor at Brown University in the New England Journal of Medicine. According to Doser, Oscar appears able to predict the impending death of terminally ill patients. Mm, psychic cat. Expl- uh, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. Oscar appears... Able. Well, he's not going to tell you, is he? He's just, if he does it, you can't say, Oscar, did you work this out? And Oscar's <laughs> not going to say anything, but Oscar will give you a look. Because it knows. <laughs> it knows why it is. I'll make this stop. <laughs> Whose idea? I think this was my idea to go through this article. I'm just getting angry again. You shouldn't get angry. And this is the first article that we're reading in our new headquarters. We're sullying this new wonderful office. I don't think it's a. Phil, continue. Explanations for this ability include the lack of movement in such patients. Mm, That's what the cancer does. Or that the cat can smell ketones, the biochemicals released by dying cells. Yeah. Oscar became the subject of a book by Dosa in 2010 called Making Rounds with Oscar, the Extraordinary Gift of an Ordinary Cat. 
Oscar was adopted as a kitten from an animal shelter and grew up on the third floor end-stage dementia unit at Steerhouse Nursing and Rehabilitation mm -hmm. Centre in Providence, Rhode Island. The 41-bed unit treats people with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease and other illnesses, most of whom are in the end stage of life and are generally unaware of their surroundings. So they're almost dead. Okay, let's just remember that. <laughs> They're almost dead when they come into Everybody this place. Everybody that comes into contact is nearly dead already. Yeah. Oscar was one of six cats adopted by Steer House, which builds itself as a pet-friendly facility. A variety of pets visit and reside at the facility. Mm, after the death of Steer House's originally th original therapy pet, Henry, named after benefactor Henry J. Steer. I've donated millions of pounds to your institution. Name a cat after me. <laughs> it's not quite the wing that you'd want, is it? It's not just any cat, though, is it? This is Henry. Henry's oh, not he a didn't have any cat. powers. No, oh, right. not that are mentioned. No stuff, Henry. Yeah, someone did. <laughs> Death prediction. After about six months, the staff noticed that Oscar, just like the doctors and nurses, would make its own rounds. Oscar would sniff and observe patients, then curl up to sleep with certain ones. The patients he would sleep with often died within several hours. One of the first cases involved a patient who had a blood clot in her leg that was ice cold at the time. Oscar wrapped his body around her leg and stayed until the woman died. In another instance, the doctor had made a determination of impending death based on the patient's condition, while Oscar simply walked away, causing the doctor to believe that Oscar's streak... 12 at the time had ended however it would be later discovered that the doctor's prognosis was simply 10 hours too early oscar later visited the patient who died two hours later oscar's kill streak uh, yeah, everyone <laughs> celebrating his, like. everyone, i bet everyone was really disappointed like, oh his streak's over <laughs> oh no oscar Oscar's accuracy, which stood at more than 25 consecutive reported instances 25 when kills. the New England <laughs> Journal of Medicine article was written, Platinum trophy. led the staff to institute a new and unusual protocol. Once he is discovered sleeping with a patient, staff will call family members to notify them of the patient's <laughs> expected <laughs> impending death. Well, the cat wow. said. So you probably should, you know, say your goodbyes now. Um, and then the cat goes off. It's next. This is bullshit. Adventure. I don't. You know what? Even if this is all completely true, which it is, I'm not having it. What do you mean you're not having it? I'm, I'm just not allowing it. Like you're, you're welcome to feel whatever you feel and believe what you want to believe. But in my eyes, this is total shit. Oh, I think it's complete bullshit. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not condoning this cat's behaviour. This cat is a murderer. I, I think there's a there's a <laughs> yeah. couple there's a couple of possible explanations. One, the cat's poisonous in some way. <laughs> that, that doesn't seem to be explored, is that the cat is just excreting something really unpleasant on it that's causing death. Mm -hmm. The other is that this reputation's got out. All of the patients that are well enough to will just shoo this fucking cat off of them. <laughs> <laughs> I am not having you sitting anywhere near me. That's it's true. only the ones that are very near death that will put up with it yeah. and let it stay there. And so it, If you were getting uh, eyed up by Oscar, I think yeah. you'd be like... Oscar. Yeah, well, the nursing staff, what must they think? You're just on your break and Oscar comes and sits <laughs> on your lap. <laughs> also, the way this was positioned last week was that this, can, this, this cat could detect cancer. Well, that's what it's saying it does. No, well, is it... I think it's not saying that at all. It's saying that he's detecting that they're going to die very soon. Yeah, it doesn't and seem it's nothing specifically to do with cancer. cancer. It's it seems Alzheimer's to be... and... Um, 
any of impending death. Hmm. Yeah, so so the cat's just detecting death. This isn't really helpful, apart from getting family members in. But it's not like they they're like, oh well, we better get send them for a no pun intended cat scan, <laughs> and see if they've got any cancer or whatever. You'd be a good doctor. <laughs> yeah. Just going to take you down for the cat scan, see if you've got any cancer or do, whatever. Do cat scans? <laughs> do cat scans see cancer? Is that what they do? I don't know. Uh, Phil? Um, <laughs> I don't think the cat scans are specifically for cancer. I okay, well, if you've ever had cancer, drop us an email. Th- tweet us. We'll, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> As of January 2010, Oscar had accurately predicted approximately 50 patients' deaths. Once again, all of the people anywhere near Oscar were going to die imminently Mm. anyway. Uh, But possible explanations. Let's see what Wikipedia's Mm. take on what may be causing this. Powers. (laughs) Toxic waste is top of the list, actually. (laughs) Dr. Joan Tino, a professor of community health at Warren Alpert Medical School of Brown University in Providence who cares for Steerhouse residents and sees Oscar on a regular basis, said, It's not that the cat is consistently there first, but the cat always does manage to make an appearance and it always seems to be in the last two hours. Well, the cat lives there, so... Yeah. I bet the cat goes around all day and sits with people. Yeah. So fuck off. Dr. Dosa says that Oscar doesn't make too many mistakes. He seems to understand when patients are about to die. Furrow. Speculating that the cat might be picking up on specific odours surrounding death. Mm. Dr. Tino supports this view. I think there are certain chemicals released when someone is dying, and he is smelling and sensing those. It's a lack of specificity there that I don't like. Mm. Some animal behaviour experts say the explanation about Oscar sensing a smell associated with dying is a plausible one. I suspect he is smelling some chemical release just before dying, says Margie Shirk, a veterinarian in Vancouver and president of the American Association of Feline Practitioners. (laughs) Which I think is about professional humans that work with felines rather than cat doctors. (laughs) I was thinking cat doctors. (laughs) Cats can smell a lot of things we can't, she says, mm-hmm. and cats can certainly detect illnesses. Dr. Jill Goldman, a well, certified... A, <laughs> cats cats can certainly... That's not... You can't just say that. They can certainly detect illnesses. Oh, mm-hmm. Mar- Margie Shirk. Dr. Jill Goldman, a certified applied animal behaviourist in Laguna Beach, California, says that cats have a superb sense of smell, adding that keeping a dying patient company may also be a learned behaviour. There has been ample opportunity for him to make an association between that smell and death. Oscar has spent nearly his entire life in the end-stage dementia unit of Steerhouse, where death is common and expected. And therefore quite coincidental. Hmm. Yes. Send him to A&E, have him sat, sit in an A&E, and then whoever he goes and sits next to, you get them in next. Okay. But, but don't you. just shove a cat in somewhere where people are going to die anyway. You yeah. want to test Oscar? Is that what you want to do? You want yes. To okay. He's been given an easy, easy ride at the minute. Well, he doesn't seem to be using his powers for good either. No. It's just, all oh, this one's dying. Better let her die, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> intervene! Intervene! He's a fucking useless prick. <laughs> Nobody said that he had to help. He was you just... did. You did last week. You no. said, this cat is amazing because it detects cancer it detects and cancer. saves lives. That's, about your, it. that's a quote. Probably. Okay, it probably is a quote. 
But it doesn't mean he has to do anything about it. He can just turn up and go, hey. Make way for some more bullshit. More (laughs) bullshit coming up. (laughs) Dr. Thomas Graves, a feline expert from University of Illinois, told the BBC cats often can sense when their owners are sick or uh, when other animals are sick. They can sense when the weather will change. They're famous for being sensitive to premonitions of earthquakes. How did these guys get doctorates? I don't know. That is, that is true, though. No, I know. Animals do definitely detect um, weather. Yeah, particularly like big disaster big things, stuff yeah. coming, sure. I think there is a lot of evidence to support that. But not necessarily cats, I don't think. Big do I know enough about what? this to, to rule that out? I don't know. But just How's it, what's, what's wrong with What people? use Shut is... Up predicting uh, from a purely biological Mm. evolutionary perspective what possible use is it to a cat to be able to predict earthquakes to avoid danger it's not going to be there's not been enough cats killed by earthquakes for it to have had a significant and why do you think that is phil Uh (laughs) (laughs) they could detect they knew it was coming (laughs) that's exactly what happens when i was sick when i was little oh fucking hell My cat went mental when I was away. Mental. Where were you? What, what was wrong with you? Oh, I had some weird thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. In? <laughs> Go on. No, I was just ill. I was in hospital for a bit. Yeah, and the cat went mental because went he, mental. he failed to detect That's the illness what it was. before it was you guilt. left. It was, it was yeah. guilt. guilt. <laughs> Probably an earthquake on its way. Might have been. Mm. So, we have successfully found out that I was right and that cats... <laughs> Cure no, cancer. No. Oh, detect cancer, don't cure it. I'm not convinced. Hmm. In 2010, a feature film was announced as being in development based on Dr. Dosa's book. I don't want to see that film. <laughs> oh, Chris is going to be there opening night. <laughs> this is not going to get a cinema I, release. I detect a box office flop. <laughs> you know what? I don't. I don't detect a box office flop because people will love that. People will love that. Like fucking Marley and me in reverse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly Marley walking around going, oh, these guys are fucked. <laughs> Seattle-based punk rock band Taco Cat... Taco Cat. Taco Cat wrote a song about him entitled Psychic Death Cat. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Um, except I can't quite move on because under C also is an article entitled Fred the Undercover Kitty. You have to find out what that means. Yeah, we have to click on that. Fred the Undercover Kitty, I'm only reading the introduction because I want to move on, (laughs) was a domestic short-haired cat who gained attention for his undercover work with the New York Police Department and the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office in the arrest of a suspect posing as a veterinary care provider. Cause of death, struck and killed by an automobile. (laughs) So, you know, unlucky. <laughs> I know we're not going to go into too much detail about this undercover cat, but that is something I will investigate later on my own time. I'm sure it will be. Okay. I think we've, we've done enough super-powered cats for, for yep, one nice. podcast. Well, they're not super-powered. They're just cats with jobs. Super-powered they're not jobs? Cats with, they're not cats with jobs. They are cats with jobs. He doesn't have a job. He just goes and tells people when they're dying. He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. <laughs> no. Oh, give me strength. <laughs> He's a doctor. That one's like a policeman. <laughs> Do your cats have jobs? Sorry, you only have one. I only have Does one. he have a job? <laughs> no. He's unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so you go and collect his doll. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we done with cats? <laughs> I'm, I'm so done with... I've always been done with cats. I never wanted to talk about cats in the first place. This is the problem with this format. <laughs> 
Right, let's press the button again and see what comes up. I fear this is another one where an age gap might creep into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Adamski. I know oh, Adamski. Oh, the something beat. The what? There's a song with a beat. There's a song with a beat. Yeah, I can't remember. Tell me, tell me more. Adamski was born Adam Paul Tinley on the fourth of December, nineteen sixty-seven. Really? I I had no idea he was. Well, I'm presuming that's an English name. I thought he was a. I mean, you know, Adamski just sounds like Russian or Ukrainian or. That's what he wanted you to think. Well, clearly, it was a ruse. I I was aware that he was English. I'm I, I was very a little bit aware. I know the name and I've probably heard the songs, but you will know the songs. Yeah, I just but in fact, listeners, um, I'm going to play Chris a little bit of the song now, so to refresh my memory. If there's a weird edit, that's why. Oh yeah, I know this. Bam, bam. Now I remember Adamski well, and I remember Killer, and I remember buying the seven-inch single the day it came out. Wow! Um, excitedly, you were a huge fan. It is a good song, though. I it is a good song, yeah. I was probably a bit too little to be classed as a huge fan, but I was aware who he was, and that was a thing. When you're sort of ten, eleven, and it's like, yeah, I've actually made this decision that I like this. This is my taste, and I'm part of a zeitgeist here. Mm. Something's happening, and I understand it. Yeah. It felt like that. Um, and did you say that was your first song you ever bought? It wasn't the first record I ever bought, but it was. It means a little bit more to me because it was such a conscientious purchase. Mm. Um, mm. I think I've mentioned the first record I bought before because that was Phil Collins. You haven't mentioned that Not, um, because that would have impressed that you. would have impressed me. Yeah, which 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 album? It which was, track, but seriously, on cassette ah, tape. Good, good rise. What was the first song you ever bought? First single? I'm not sure I can remember the first single. <coughs> I remember the first albums that I bought in a... Like, in a conscious way. Like, I would buy now 33 or whatever we were on it. Mm. In our youth, Phil was probably there for now one. Now seven was the first <laughs> one. <I was laughs> fucking hell. We I know they released three yeah, in a year, but We still. had that on record. Of course, on record as yeah. well. <laughs> oh, man. I can only remember two of mine. Um, I can't remember which one came first, but they're not going to surprise you. One of them was uh, Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the first. <laughs> I hate that song. The so first singles I ever bought. I was very young. And we weren't that young when Lou Bega was about. We were. We were must we? have been like 11, 12. That's, that's old enough to know, know better, I think. Um, yeah, but you say that like my tastes now are so <laughs> yeah, that's, cultured. Now that they've matured. We were 11. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, and the other one, um, it was just after the Spice Girls. I can't remember. What was that Jerry Halliwell one? Might be that. Look at me. That's the one. I think I bought that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think I, they were like uh, these singles I remember getting. Okay. Huh. You say See, that like you're surprised. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> not remotely. What, what, not what remotely. did your dad think? <laughs> I think he was weeping on the way home. <laughs> you know what, actually? I do remember one single that I bought and that I fucking loved as a kid um, and I even we had a, a thing at school where every Friday some, like, someone would be picked to to play a song and everyone in assembly would just sit and listen to the song I remember Benjamin McQueenie bringing in um, 
Umbop by Hanson. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I can do better than that. So the next week I brought in um, Shania Twain, That Don't Impress Me Much. Because <laughs> it's a good song. And I remember buying it for three ninety nine in Asda and being yeah. really happy with my purchase. That is crazy how expensive singles were, isn't it? Three ninety nine. That's yeah. mental. And you get when they were on one B side. When they were sort of refusing to die, they were like a fiver each. There was a period where yeah. it was a fiver for a singer. And how even did that an album, happen? you know, fifteen quid for an album fifteen years ago, that's a lot of money. It was. Mm. I mean now, yeah. You know, even there are tenor now at most. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't remember people having like loads of singles. So you had to really. <laughs> this makes mine sound worse. You must have really liked them to buy the single. You must have really liked Jerry Halliwell. I must have done. Yeah. You know, I imagine you still do. Just for some context, mm-hmm. we went down to London to see Vic and Bob. We've mentioned that already. Oh. And if it's, I think that didn't it. make the cut because it was, <laughs> it was not an interesting piece of podcasting, <laughs> like most of what we've recorded today. <laughs> we really struggled with the intro. We don't today. know what we're doing. If, if all you got left when you actually listened to this podcast was "Hello, this is Wiki Shuffle, off we go." <laughs> it's because we recorded about three hours worth of material, <laughs> and it was all shit. Terrible. It was absolutely appalling. So you may or may not have listen to a story mm. about how we went down to London as a um, podcast outing this week and um, Chris was in charge of the music yes on the way <laughs> I was um, and we ended up with wall to wall girls allowed and well the greatest hits and then the sugar babes greatest hits so the sugar babes were my choice because choice. they're better than girls allowed so. yeah well I'm not, we had this conversation in the car I'm not disagreeing with you I think we're both and yeah. you, you're looking at me like you're not also a Girls Aloud fan, so don't don't lie. Uh, no, I love Girls Aloud, yeah. but Sugar Babes have a, a vastly superior... Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I don't think Phil enjoyed it as much as we did, though. I'm not a good traveller, so I spent the entire journey closing my eyes, trying not to <laughs> The thing poorly. is, though, when, we, when you looked in the mirror, because I was sitting in the front, <laughs> you see in the back with his eyes closed, you look like you're really into it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when um, Sugar Babes' shape came on, you looked like you were really grooving. <laughs> Getting into it. Uh, what have I uh, become? I think you enjoyed it. I think you did. I th- the thing is, I genuinely didn't hate it, and there was there okay. was a, there was a Girls Aloud song that I hadn't heard before that I did comment that I quite enjoyed. Can oh, you remember which one, which one was, it was it? The show. I think it might have been the show. Yeah. Oh, what you a like song. that? What a song! <laughs> Look what we've done to him. We're breaking him. <laughs> Feels like. So, an enigma. Yeah. On one hand, you quite enjoy some girls aloud. On the other, quite interested in blast furnaces. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of depth. <laughs> a lot of depth to fill. Chris, you just like cats. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Adamski. Adamski. Tinley was born in Limington, Hampshire. He performed with his brother Mark Tinley and Johnny Slut of the oh. band Specimen as Discord Datcord. Oh, yeah. another terrible pun. Johnny Discord Datcord. I wouldn't have expected any better from Johnny Slut, though. Uh, and that's Discord with a K as well. Of course. The band was signed to Soho Records and released one single. The Tinley brothers continued to work together even after the demise of Discord Datcord in the late 1980s. Adam Tinley adapted his stage name after the UFO enthusiast George Adamski. 
Commenting on the comparisons between rave culture and the earlier punk rock scene, Adamski said in 1990, I liked the energy and the visual side of punk, but it was just all just saying no, 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 whereas everybody's saying yes, 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 yes. I much prefer the positivity thing we have now. Plus, it's a much easier environment to score in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Showed his true colours at the end there. <laughs> Adamski toured many clubs with his portable keyboard setup playing long sets with an MC, Daddy Chester, and later with Seal. In front of his keyboard was a UK car number plate with the word Adamski on it. See, the, um, Daddy Chester and Johnny Slut, they make you laugh, but Seal, we're just used to Seal. Yeah, it's <laughs> still <laughs> a ridiculous thing. Yeah, we're letting him get away with that. Yeah. It's preposterous. <laughs> Early versions of future singles Killer and Future Love Paradise were played on some of the SEAL dates. One date of particular note was at Cambridge Corn Exchange in early 1990 when SEAL leapt onto a smaller, lower catwalk stage. The coins in his... (laughs) That's funny funny enough. (laughs) It's not finished. The coins in his pockets all spilled out, showering some of the front row with cash and causing a fight. Oh, SEAL. Citation needed. (laughs) Importantly, (laughs) citation needed. This is just somebody's recollection of Seal's cash causing a fight. (laughs) Someone's really good anecdote about Seal. Who goes on stage for a gig and you have loads of loose coins in your pocket? (laughs) It was the 90s. It was a crazy time. And back then, coins were really big. 50p's were were, massive. They were huge. 10p's and 5p's. Oh, they were huge, all of them. I don't know if... I think when we were kids, we maybe just had the 50p's that were massive. They were, like, that big. I don't remember that. I think the 5p's would have just changed in 1990. Yeah, I think 1989, the 5p changed. The 10p was still big then. Were you you a child during decimalisation? (laughs) I'm not even dignifying that with a response. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Just imagine Phil at that seal gig, trying to catch all the, the threepenny bits. <laughs> oh, that's my hapenny. Ooh, that's a guinea. <laughs> Adamski met Seal at the London nightclub Solaris and they recorded together Killer. It crossed over into the mainstream music charts, becoming a worldwide hit. It is featured on the album Dr. Adamski's Musical Pharmacy, which also (laughs) contained the follow-up singles The Space Jungle and Flashback Jack. Wow. It's a good album name. (laughs) Dr. Adamski's Musical Pharmacy. You would like that. You'd buy that album. He can detect cancer with with xylophones. (laughs) Adamski's third album was called Naughty. It featured a collaboration with Nina Hagen on Get Your Body! and plenty of club tunes. Expanding from the artist's acid house roots into the pop and rock genres. The cover art featured Tinley with his head shaven bare, hugging an umbrella. Commercially, this album was not a big success. <laughs> In the early 2000s, Tinley decided to assume a new identity. Ooh. Where's this going to go? For a while, he began to produce music as Adam Sky. Good. Oh. 
God. That's not that much of a new identity. They just changed the spelling. As Adam Sky, his songs included collaborations with the musician Danny Williams. I don't know who that is. Nope. In 2007, he released a remake of the pop group's 1979 single, We Are All Prostitutes, with Mark Stewart, which appeared on a number of compilations. Of course. He currently lives in Berlin, Germany, with his daughter, Bluebell Williams Tinley. Of course. Adamski has set up his own label, Prostitute Records. <laughs> is that Lovely. what it is called? Yep. Okay. Oh, God. What a nice man. I'm sure he's nice, but um, he doesn't have a gift for naming anything. Children, record yeah. labels, songs. That album was pretty good, though. That sound of that album. Dr. Adamski's Musical Pharmacy. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, recently, Adamski has been working closely with VJ Lady Pat. Ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> VJ? Nobody's called themselves a VJ since 1993, have they? VJ? Oh, like an actual, right, okay, like an actual video DJ. Yeah. Not, I, I just thought you meant like oh, an Indian man. Oh, is that a man. term? Yeah, I was thinking like... No. Um, like I thought Phil was just laying into Indians. <laughs> VJ, what a stupid fucking name. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> oh, is it, did it's that a, used to be a thing? A video DJ? That's what yeah, they used to, all the like MTV big... presenters used to call themselves VJs. Yeah. That's it's stupid. It Absolutely stupid, ridiculous, yeah. but it didn't stop them. It was the 90s. Ah. In 2014, Adamski released It's a Man's Man's World. It's a Man's Man's World? Yep. World spelt W-H-I-R-L-E-D. People writing songs think they're cleverer than they actually are. Speaking as three people who all think that we're cleverer than we're cleverer than we are, we're <laughs> in a position to know. That's not good. Yeah. And if I remember from a previous podcast, you had a song called Nah. And you had a song called Amputee. So. Yeah, that's, yeah, let's not dwell. <laughs> a, band, a band called Amputee. No, no, the song, no, was, the called song was called Amputee. Oh, was it? Yeah, the band was called, I mean, oh, there's a quiz, I think I remember. Spencer. It's correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember this. Good work, Phil. Yeah. The Man's Man's World release was under the alias Fleas on Skis. He's not even trying now, is he? It's not. Give it up. Let it go. Let somebody else have a turn. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wiki Shuffle. We do have one more thing to mention, and we have gone on about it quite a lot. So um, this is why we've done it at the end of the podcast. If you want to just switch off, you, you can. We're not going to blame you. It's all right. Phil, are you okay? Well, don't get them to switch off. I need the detention. Okay. <laughs> um, if you've been following us on social media, you will now know, because we've gone on about it a lot, that we have been nominated for uh, Best Comedy Award. And not, we're not even just nominated. We're shortlisted. We're in the top three. Yeah. So we've gone beyond the nomination stage now. We're into the last bit. We are we're going. We're go well you are going. Oh, I'm going. Chris. I'm going hard. <laughs> we're going to the award ceremony and Chris is really excited because I am. he gets to wear a suit I'm and he gets to have a bath. I'm gonna get to have a hotel bath. I'm going to Lush beforehand. I'm gonna get myself a bath bomb. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how much I love a hotel bath. I, I love a hotel bath. Do, do you not have a bath in your house? I do, but it's not a hotel bath. Well, no, but exactly. the principle's the same. No, it's not. In what way is it different? It's, like, fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pleased for you to entertain this weird bath fantasy. I don't have to do anything, right, do I? Because we are going to be no, sharing you're not, you're an apartment. Not we can be if you want. I don't want to. You don't want to? Okay. No. But I'm going to get myself a nice hotel room. I'm spending a, a ridiculous amount of money <laughs> for one bath. 
Um, and I'm going to make a night of it. These awards, I don't think these awards know what hit them. <laughs> well, it should be an interesting night. Um, mm-hmm. We are up against some stiff competition. Uh, it's the sorry, it's the UK Podcasters Awards 2015, and we're up against the Bad Perspective. Are we? Is are that, we pimping them now? Yeah, we might as well give them a little. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, they might return the favour. So, Bad Perspective by City Impro, and um, and a little bit racy. Ooh. Which sounds like your kind of thing, Chris. Something uh, which for the is weekend, a, sir. <laughs> it's an improvised comedy panel show um, that you just couldn't make up. Sort of. I mean, you you do make things up, like about cats. So <laughs> this might be the podcast for you to give that extra. No, because I only listen to my own one. So <laughs> <laughs> you do, don't you? <laughs> Bad man. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So give them a listen, and then come to con- the conclusion that we're the best one, mm-hmm. and vote for us. We will put a, a link to the voting on um, the description for this episode yeah. and you'll also be able to find it on Twitter and, and Facebook if you follow us on Twitter I will send you a lot of pictures of me in the bath I imagine okay something for you to look forward to uh, can you do that from your own personal account right? <laughs> the, the wiki shuffle account please okay, okay so if you want um, no pictures of Chris in the bath <laughs> you can follow wiki shuffle pod or you can follow Phil at P.E. Sharman or me at Duke, J, which is J-O-O-K. And if you want pictures of Chris in the bath, you can follow Chris Wallace 123. Uh, this is in, is this the 12th of September, yeah. the awards? Okay. Yeah, it's 12th of September. So it should be, should be a good night. The, um, the UK podcasters, people that run that website, seem very nice. So, um, And the, the jury that are deciding the awards, they all seem lovely, really nice people. They're lovely people. They're, aren't they? Phil, what do you yes, think? Yeah, I think that they're wonderful people. Top tier. Gods amongst men, I'd go so far mm. as to say. Yeah, why would, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening, especially the jury. <laughs> and um, we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.